Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Kristoff and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey, Brett, how are you? Good, thanks, Damo. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good, mate. Hey, this is a really interesting podcast for me, obviously, off the back of doing a little run yesterday. Uh, I was interested in this one. Uh, quite cool. I think you enjoyed it, too. Oh, fascinating guy. I tell you what, this guy can run. You know, your little run demo was not even as long as his training runs he's doing at the moment whilst he's recovering. He's in his off-peak time and his training runs every single day, uh, 50% longer than your little run you did yesterday. Well, he, he does a marathon in the time it took me to do 9.6K, so that kind of gives you a bit of an indicator. <laughs> and he, he does it with a backpack on with weights in it and, know. you know, without eating and all sorts of weird and wonderful things he does to just train his resilience to be able to do these amazing uh, trail runs and ultra marathons that he does. Quite incredible. Yes. Vlad Shatrov is a very uh, fascinating guy, very, very strong, strong mindset. And uh, I think a lot of people get heaps from this particular one too. He's involved in lots of promotions of events in Sydney, uh, Sydney-based. So, you know, you can't, unless you're in Sydney, you're not going to be able to uh, see him much, but maybe they could get your uh, online course though, Bredo. Yeah, well, the e-course is coming out very soon, Damien, The Art of Natural Running. No doubt we will talk about that more on the Wellness Guys uh, very, very shortly, I reckon. Mm. But, uh, you know, for now, buckle up, have a listen to Vlad. You're going to get some – if you're into running, you're going to get some amazing tips on how to run better and faster and stronger and how to prepare and how to recover and all those sort of things. If you're not into running, you're still going to get an amazing insight into what the body and what your mind is capable of from a resilience perspective that I think just, you know, to hear this guy talk about what he does just makes you think, hey, maybe I could do a little bit more. Hmm. I like it. Good perspectives. Have fun, everyone. Hey, guys. Damien here. And Brett here. G'day, Bretto. Great to be here with you, mate. Yeah. Thanks, Damo. Great to be here back for another chat, and uh, we're going to chat a bit about running today. That's exciting. Yeah, you'll be pumped. I know you love running. I know how much you love it. Your, uh, your, your new book is about to be released, too, about running. Well, I've got an e-course coming, Damo, so it's not a book this time. It's, it's videos and all sorts of fancy things like that. I've got a bit high-tech, Damo, which, as you know, is, uh, is pretty impressive for me. Wow. Thank God for Steph, hey? That's amazing. Steph's done amazing things for you. <laughs> Good on you, Steffi. Hey, uh, Brado, today we've got a bloke, um, uh, Vlad Shatrov. Uh, you know, this, this guy's journey is incredible. Like, he's a super fit runner, like, really, you know, quite incredible. He's, he's, the list of um, of events that he's won and that he's placed in is, is unbelievable. So, Berlin, Berlin Marathon in 2015 ran two, uh, two minutes, uh, two hours, 18 minutes and 40 seconds, oh, uh, which is unbelievable. Like Olympic qualifying standard, he happened to be fifth fastest, uh, which means that he didn't qualify for the Olympics in Australia, which is a bummer because surely, like a, a guy with that sort of talent quality, can step it up at the, at the games. But he's, he's also won. Um, you know, state championships, Australian half marathon championships. He's won ultra marathon championships. He's done Conrad's, as our great friend Carmen Atkins has done. There's there's so many you know accolades to this guy's name. We could fill up a full thirty minutes just actually talking about it. But he went on to um, develop a company or start a company called RunLab.com.au, and I think on on this particular website, he actually teaches people how to get into running and how to you know how to really embrace it. And probably very similar to what you're also doing, Bredo actually coaching people uh, with running and running technique, running styles and all that sort of thing. But I thought we'd get Vlad on today to talk about a few things um, that I think many people might find with running. I think it'd be good. 
What do you think, bro? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to getting into it, Dame. I want to find out his secrets to going so fast. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. He's, he's built like it. He's built like, he's built like a racehorse. Hey, uh, Vlad, it's great to bring you into the call. Uh, thanks for joining us today. No, thanks, guys. Very much appreciate you uh, getting me on board. Vlad, um, what's Run Lab all about? What do you do there? Um, yeah, okay. So it's it's all about running. Obviously, the, the name is, is a, quite a catchy one, and it's uh, – I guess the difference is that, you know, the easiest way for me to describe it is that it's boot camp for runners. Um, and, you know, we have multiple training groups um, from as far north as Newcastle down to as far south as Cronulla in Sydney. And and it's about getting people outside in a dynamic group environment and um, helping them run faster. So in a nutshell, that's it. And then and we've developed many other things to kind of complement that, like run strong and and now we've got a new group called My Trail Group because uh, you may or may not be aware, but trail running is in, in a boom at the moment. So we're kind of at the leading edge of that as well. That's great. Trail running's great. I, I love getting out on the trails so much more than running on the road. I think it's awesome. So, mate, what sort of runners are you targeted at? Like, are the people coming to your run lab, are they people who don't run at all? Are they people who already run a fair bit? Are they people who like you who can already run 100 kilometres in one sitting? You know, who are you? Who are the people who are coming to run lab and what are they getting out of it? A bit of everything that you've just mentioned, but more focused, uh, I guess, on people that are already running. And are kind of trying to get achieve. Well, we've got a slogan called "Achieve Your Impossible," and that's kind of the easiest way for me to describe the runners that we get. They're people that are already running, um, but they've decided that they want to see how far they can go. So they want to get the most out of what their bodies will allow them to do. Um, so because of that, most of them are pretty committed. Most of them are pretty serious. And yeah, we have people. We have people doing 100k runs, but we have a lot of people doing marathons, half marathons, and and all the distances below that and in between that. So, I guess it is it's for your more committed runner and someone that's really trying to step up and, and see what their body body's capable of doing. Oh, that's fantastic! There's this thing that I joined about 12 months ago, and I actually haven't even been to it yet. It's called Park Run. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I've done 85. I did my 85th Park Run on Saturday. So you have heard of it. Okay, great. Well, um, it's one of those things. One of my mates uh, told me all about it 12 months ago, and I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I'll get into running. I really, I'd like to do that. But there's blokes like me that probably could run and should run that just don't get into it. What's the thing that, you know, sometimes gets people across the line to just get started doing it again? Yeah. uh, Look, I mean, you know that feeling that you get when when you've had a good run or you've had a great training session? Yep. And, um, I always try and get people to think about that or what they love about what running can give them. And, and if, if you can kind of get people to think about it properly and go, yeah, you know what, actually I like running in the bush or I like getting outside, I like meeting new people, I'm not, I like going to places to run. If you can just remind them of why they love it, I find that you've got them there and they go. Um, and then once they get into a bit of a regular routine, and that's why park runs so good every Saturday morning, um, they tend to stick around and, and stay with the journey. It's You know what it's like. It's like if you do something once off, it hurts so much, you never do it again. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you kind of get into a regular routine and uh, it improves, then it, the whole journey and everything around it becomes it becomes your lifestyle. And if it becomes your lifestyle and you enjoy it, then you're always going to do it. So, you know, for me, it's running. So. 
Damo, I think it's wonderful that your friend told you about Parkrun about 12 months ago because uh, back in episode 143 of the Wellness Guys, which was I embellished, about three I embellished. Years ago, I know, I know. I, <laughs> we I, interviewed uh, Tim Oberg and Campbell Willis from Parkrun on the Wellness Guys. I know, I know. It was just a reminder, and I, I knew as soon as I said 12 months ago, it was actually a bit longer than that. Um, but it's. Uh, it's amazing how time just gets on, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> no worries, man. I couldn't resist. Oh, I had to. I quickly googled it and looked oh, up to no. see when it was because oh, I was like, I'm pretty sure that was a fair while ago we did that interview, and I couldn't actually remember whether you were on that in particular interview or not. But I was. I enjoyed that. And my Thanks, mate Ben literally um, said it to me yesterday because we did Connor's run in um, Connor's run the Richie the Robert Connor Doors thing. He used a fundraiser for brain cancer. We did that yesterday, and Ben came along and said, "Damn, I did. A, I've just joined Parkrun." Have you heard of it? I said, yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard of that. And uh, and so, yeah, <laughs> all right, got me. Well, it's it's a good timing for this interview because I got did a bit me. of a run yesterday as well. I did the City to Bay in Adelaide. So we're all out there running, Vlad. And um, in terms of what you're teaching people, Vlad, is it about running technique or is it about just getting out there and running? Is it about how to pace your run? You know, what sort of stuff do you focus on with Run Lab? Um, look, we, we do – the more technique-y stuff we do – um, kind of one-on-one uh, because we find that everyone's so, you know, everyone's so different um, in regards to that. But, uh, you know, we do teach people a lot of running drills that they all need to do to actually get better and to be able to move differently. So we do have a focus on that. We definitely teach pacing um, and how to set your proper pace. And we do a lot of sessions around that. And, and because of that, we have kind of lots of mini groups within the groups. So it's quite challenging for the coaches that run it sometimes. But really, I mean, you've got to kind of individualize it to a certain extent um, so that people get the most out of it. But yeah, a lot of pacing, um, a lot of running drills so people move differently and, and that leads to better form and technique naturally. Um, and, you know, we, we teach them all the functional strength work that they need to do so they don't get injured. Um, and that's why we built like something called Run Strong, which is a running gym class. And then in the trails, in the trail running, because um, it's so different to, to standard running because you've got uneven surfaces and you're doing a lot of up and downhill running, we definitely do teach them the, the better ways to be able to get up and down hills. Um, and, and the other thing about trail races is they're usually a lot longer than a road run. So you've kind of got to fatigue them within a session um, by doing certain things so that, and then training on that so that they adapt and they become better so that when they get to a running race or an event, they're not cramping up or losing form or falling over when they go downhill. So, yeah, there's so many different things. But, yeah, it's, um, it depends on where the group is as to what we can actually do. And it depends on if it's a specific road running group or a trail running group as to what um, drills and techniques we actually focus on that week. But, yeah, lots of Lots of cool stuff and, you know, our terms run for 11 weeks and kind of within that we have a time trial at the start and the end so they can see their improvements. We have a recovery week in the middle now, which we we focus on. It's a big part of making sure that they absorb what they've done in the previous four to five weeks, doing some other things like yoga or, or recovery or stretching or, or rolling um, or even the gym class and then rebuilding for those last five weeks of the term. So it's kind of a lot of hidden methodology built into it to kind of allow them to to get the most out of themselves um without getting injured because uh, that that's a big thing that we don't want to we don't want to see our runners getting injured sounds great it sounds really good um it's probably difficult to answer this question but uh i'm gonna ask it anyway just because i had it in my list um yeah. 
you know, there's, you're doing all these different styles of running, different types of running, different uh, terrains, etc., etc. Is there, I suppose, a group of common mistakes that uh, most runners make that you know can bring on injury? Is there something that people do that you know can stuff them yeah, up? Definitely. Yeah, you see, the first, I think the number one thing is that most runners will just run, so they're not doing anything else to complement all the all the extra pressure and everything that they're putting on the joints. So definitely a lack of um, Functional strength strength work has to be number one. And could That's that be nice. a flip? You know, could people just do functional strength work and not run? Could that be a problem for other people as well? Um, yeah, it, it could be, um, but I definitely don't see much of that. It's so definitely it's the other way that. I, yeah, yeah, it's the other way for sure. Nice. Um, and it's um, the other thing is then people ramping up too quickly, so they kind of get the running bug and they'll go from running maybe three or four times a week with a total of, say, let's say 40 kilometres. And, and in six weeks, they're doing, you know, 70 or 80 kilometres, maybe more. And um, they get injured after about three to six months of running. So there's that. And there's also just having poor footwear. Um, it's amazing. Like a lot of people, when they get into running, they don't actually realise that there's a big difference between uh, a standard trainer or just a, a cheaper training shoe and um actual proper running shoes and uh you, you'd be scared to walk into my garage i think i've probably got about 100 pairs of shoes and that's no joke like obviously <laughs> i'm obviously sponsored and you know i get lots of shoes to test and that type of thing but i i would have about 20 running shoes on the go um meaning that you know because i'm running 14 times a week sometimes um twice a day so how many, how many k's in a week are we talking, Vlad? Because I imagine you go through these shoes pretty quick. Yeah, two, a good training week's two hundred k's. Um, <sighs> when I get serious, so and that I build up to that level. Um, I'm running at about one hundred and sixty kilometers on average a week, all year round. Um, I'll have a couple of lighter weeks, and then I've got the bigger ones. But yeah, that that I'm changing my shoes every day. Like I don't even run in the same shoes two days a week because it takes them. It takes your shoes a while to recover. So you see these. <laughs> It's true because the, like the, the, the rubber doesn't um, return to its normal position and, and so forth. But you see runners when they get into it, they they'll just be they'll have one pair of shoes, they'll spend, you know, hundred and fifty bucks on it, but then they want to go and do a marathon which may cost them thousands of dollars to do and they're not really paying attention to the, the important things which are gonna stop them from ruining their whole kind of journey. So that's a big frustration for me, trying to get that message across. Yeah, Damo and I have that problem all the time. You know, when we're doing our twenty odd k's a day, that our shoes just struggle to recover, don't we, Damo? Yeah, so, yeah. I was thinking the same big, thing. Yeah. Big challenge. Actually, hey, I was uh, thinking, Brett, I, re- I was actually thinking, Brett, about your barefoot running shoes. Like whether or not yeah. uh, you know what's the thing in there. I don't know if you're going to ask that question, but I will if you don't. Go on. Yeah. Well, I wanted to know about that, Vlad, because there's some people out there that are running uh, barefoot, and Brett, of course, has has also done barefoot running. Um, and but I I did do a bit of a long walk in Greece in barefoot shoes and I was wrecked like my shoes were my feet were caned as a result of doing that. Do you get much experience with people or have you had much experience with people trying to do barefoot running? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Like so, five six years ago, it was really big, um, and it kind of took the running world by storm. Everyone was talking about minimal drop or zero drop and barefoot running, and there's people running in all different types of shoes and and look they do have a they do have a place and and sometimes i run a little bit in barefoot but structurally myself like i've got quite inflexible ankles it's just a a natural condition that i've got them so you know it kind of does hurt me as well but it allows you 
the good thing about running in barefoot is very quickly, if you don't change your running form, you're going to get really badly injured. And what I definitely don't recommend doing it for a long time, but it's good every now and again to whip your shoes off on the oval and um, and then just see what it does to your form because obviously if you're going to come crashing down on your heel, um, you're going to break it eventually. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to have a chat to you, Damo, about some of that that form and that technique, I think, man, and also how to transition because that's some of the stuff yeah. we're going to cover in the Art of Natural Running e-course as well. So we'll have to, I'll send that over to you, Damo. But uh, Vlad, I'd love to talk to you about some of the strength stuff because, um, you know, I actually just did a, a bit of an experiment myself at the moment. I've been doing CrossFit recently and uh, I don't know how much you know about CrossFit, but CrossFit is a kind of averse to running. It's quite amusing. You'd, you'd love it. It's, you, or actually, you'd think it was hilarious because I rock up there and, you know, they see a 400-meter run on the board and they're like, oh, gee. And then, you know, every now and then there's a one-mile run and they act like it's 100 miles. Like, they act like it's, uh, you know, one of your ultra marathons, Rad. They're not they're not big on running. But no, I thought no. I'd try it out and see how I went by doing CrossFit as my only preparation for doing just a short run, just a 12K city to bay run in Adelaide. And and actually went quite well. I was, I was quite happy with that. I was quite interested to see the crossover between the functional, you know, high-intensity strength training and how that translated into running. Um, so how do you guys do it in terms of your strength training and how do you see that translating into the running? No, well, there's so many things in that question. But, um, like, I have been to CrossFit classes myself and, you know, immersed myself in what they do just so – probably get a better understanding and it's very funny that you say that they are adverse to running because it is true but if you if you look at your average kind of crossfit athlete they, they're quite they're very strong and muscly and heavy and that's not good for running at the end of the day um like you want to be as light as possible as a runner so whilst a lot of the exercises are good um, in cross training. Um, we've kind of modified that style um, and, and called it run strong to make it a little bit more functional to running. So we're always kind of moving in a running pattern when we're doing the exercises. There's a lot more single leg kind of stuff and, and there's a lot less focus on the really heavy kind of lifting that because it's the power that they need in, in CrossFit, which is different to the power that you need in running. Um, so whilst there's a crossover um, and probably – 30% of the exercises are actually great for running. Then there's others which uh, I think probably impede you becoming a better runner. Um, but, you know, you need power and strength to hold good form when you run. You know, as soon as you collapse at the core um, and kind of your hips sag at the hips, you don't lift your legs that well, your breathing kind of goes all over the place and, um, and then, you know, you're spending more and more time on the ground. And the fastest way to run is um, to be in the air. So obviously there's less resistance. So the less time your feet can be on the ground, um, the faster and, and less injured you're going to be. And um, so we do a lot of kind of snappy plyometric work to be able to teach people to lift their legs and feet off the ground more quickly and to bounce off the ground. And, and then also the, the really strong component is all the core strength um, because uh, we want to stop runners from collapsing at the hips. We want them to be, to be able to stay tall when they run which is, you know, if you've, you've had a look at good runners nice, and you nice. see they kind of, they're nice and tall and they're kind of almost gliding along when they've got really fast leg turnover, whereas a poorer runner will be kind of almost glued to the ground, bent at the hips, kind of looking down and, and really struggling, you know, hunched shoulders, heavy breathing and that type of thing. So, yeah, this uh, CrossFit's good. Um, run strong's better for runners. Uh, <laughs> 
There's Which makes sense. You know, CrossFit is very much a, a generalist activity, you know, whereas we're talking very specifically getting into the running technique. But I love what you're saying there about the posture because, you know, we're chiropractors. We love talking about posture. Um, and certainly when I teach people running technique, I think that posture is so important. You know, being able to, as you said, stay nice and upright, not bending forward at the waist as many people do. And, and that allows you to keep your body weight in front of yourself and keep that footfall nice and light as well, which, which just all fits together perfectly. So you know, does that come into some of the yoga sort of stuff you do as well in terms of maintaining your posture and maintaining your ability to maintain that form throughout your runs? Yeah, no, definitely. And um, yeah, we, we have a class called Run Yoga actually, which we've just kicked off. But that's, um, you know, that you need to do the stretching and the flexibility work in, in a fun way and that's what run yoga is and um, that just complements the strength work but you're right like with the posture you know it's it's only because people are weak um, in certain muscle groups that they can kind of maintain if you shout at them they'll lift and maintain it for you know maybe two or three or four minutes but as soon as you get them into an event um, you know that, that all goes out the window and they, and they may only be able to hold good running form for a little while and that's the difference between kind of and only sort of 20 or 40 kilos, you know, kilometers or something, you know, just not yeah. long enough, lad. That's it. Hey, Vlad, um, we just spoke about the CrossFit blokes and girls um, balking at 400 meters. Um, I've, I've been guilty of balking at, you know, at those sorts of distances. Um, however, I feel like I'm a real runner because yesterday I did 9.6K, so that's pretty good. But hey, is, is it true that, um, that, running is 90% mental would you say that's the case I reckon 70 70% mental yeah. okay yeah interesting it, there's definitely oh sorry no it, yeah well yeah 70% mental I reckon um mental yeah mental strength is is really important to kind of getting the last um 30% out of you so you can go away and do like all the, you know, you, you've obviously got to be able to run and you need to train to be able to run well. And yeah. there's a lot of that that goes on. But to get the last kind of 30% in any person, I think that's all mental um, and completely mental. And um, and then it, I guess that's a big reason why a lot of people don't really achieve what they're truly capable of. So, yeah, we do try and, we do try and break down those barriers and help people. And we use a lot of, um, you know, I write a lot of articles and do a lot of, I guess teaching and talking on on that, and I've been through it myself when I was trying to get the most out of me. So, and um, how do you train for that, Vlad? Like the mental side of things. You know, I know I've done an ultra marathon. Mine was only fifty six kilometers. You know, I did the Yarrabilla here in Adelaide, and uh, that was a long way. And <laughs> and mentally, it it's hard. There's challenges. You know, I can remember at one stage I got to about the thirty k mark, and uh, and my quads or no, my hamstrings started to cramp up a bit, and then all of a sudden I was sort of limping a little bit and. Like mentally, it's so hard to keep going. So how do you train for that and how do you get through those tough spots uh, which inevitably come when you do any sort of long-distance event like that? Yeah, I, you're, you're so right. And, um, I mean, obviously, if you're really well-trained, you probably would have much, much less chance of cramping and, and that kind of impacting you mentally. Um, but it, it happens to, to even the best of us. Sometimes it's just not having a great day and, and you have physical issues. But what I do is I... I actually, probably every two weeks, I kind of just go and do something completely different in my training and really mix it up. That's one thing I do. So I'll just literally go and I'll run somewhere completely different on a really hard terrain and um, just really give it to myself. The other thing is I regularly get uncomfortable when I train. So 
you know, I'll go out um, on a normal day and I might run with minimal kind of um, nutrition and support and I'll just go and do like three hours and I'll get used to being uncomfortable and being able to deal with it, you know, running with a pack on and all of those extra things that make it harder. I I also I visualize um, before really big events um, and endurance events, and this is for ultras, it's critical. Um, you kind of got to you got to visualize the race before or the event that you're doing, but you've also got to account for all the things that can go well, but also the things that go wrong. So you've kind of dealt with them ahead of time. So, you know, you can – and there's only so many things that can usually happen in an event. You know, you're either going to be getting sore in the body, you're going to be getting stitches, you're just going to feel like you've completely got no energy, you're going to get lost. Okay, so for all of those things, you need kind of an action plan that you can fall back on and go, okay, I, I knew this would happen and this is how I'm going to deal with it now. Um, so they're kind of the, the things that I do uh, and, you know – the hard thing is about those endurance events is that I think what's so mentally tough a lot of the time is because you actually you don't have a safety net and you're out there by yourself. So in these events that I'm doing, like sometimes I don't see anyone for three hours. And so you're running along in the bush, you're like trying to do your best and you're just like, shit, up, you know, I've got no one to share this with and I've still got 20Ks to go and, and you're hearing noises in the bush and like you're kind of looking around and you're wondering if – if you're in the lead, then you're looking around as well going, you know, how are they catching me? Am I still away? Or, you know, am I going to make that next checkpoint? So you kind of – you don't have the safety net that you have when you do a shorter event. Like the event that you did yesterday, like that being a road run and like the event I did yesterday, you've got like people cheering you on. You've got – the course is marked out. You know exactly every K where you are. You can see other people. So you kind of feel safe because, you know, if something goes wrong, well, you just stop and, and you'll be fine. Whereas if you're out in an endurance event and something goes wrong, kind of if you stop, well, you might not be fine. <laughs> you know, so I, I didn't have that problem in mind, lad. I, I had the people who stagger started behind me like yourself constantly running past me and overtaking me. So I always had people going past. It was fine. Yeah. Well, buddy, <laughs> I just grabbed onto one of them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, like, just, he did. Uh, he grabbed on like 10 of them. <laughs> uh, <that's, laughs> just grab onto one. That's great. What a great idea. I love it. Hey, what about what makes a tough runner? What makes a mentally tough runner? Like, um, you know, obviously, you're you are tough, like to whack a backpack on, to nutritionally, you know, do things wrong purposely and then go and do three hours of running. That's tough. Like, are these the sorts of things that people got to do to become a mentally tough runner? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like to be so the rest of us are just going to be weak because, like, no, nah, that- <laughs> yeah, but no, to be top of game, yeah. like elite level, like yeah. if you're going to Olympic level or that type of thing, yeah. I mean, all of the guys that I know that I get to compete against around the world now, I look at some of them and I just go, Are you serious? Like, I wouldn't even do that because they just um, go, it, they just do intense stuff. They do really intense stuff. They, um, but it's not stupid. It's done like with an overall structure. It's not like they can do it every day. You know, they're, they're not absolutely, they're not killing themselves because they're obviously they're un- uninjured and they're winning these events around the world. But they do some stuff which is pretty extreme, like sleep deprivation and and um, you know running for four or five hours without um, hydration uh, on purposely running late in the day so it's not cool. Um, yeah, just. 
Just... What, what about recovery, Vlad? You know, obviously, if you're doing this sort of insane stuff, then you're going to have to be really good at your recovery. You know, I remember uh, on the Inside the Champion's Mind episodes of our podcast show, um, you know, there was a guy called Jeff Spencer who was on there originally. He talked about, you know, the really elite athletes were just really, really good at recovery. Is that something you need to really focus on when you're doing that sort of insane training? Yep, it is. And it's something that I try and get across to a lot of my runners, but it's still something that they don't do um, <laughs> because even though I'm there, like leading by example, um, it, yeah, it's like I do the stuff that – and the good guys do the stuff that other people usually just don't want to do. Like, you know, for the last – so I did a 100K race last um, Saturday and Sunday morning, you know, and, and I only finished the event. It was a 10-hour event, and that was a course record. And so, you know, I got home late and everything. But the next morning, first thing, I was in, like, ocean baths down here, and it's 16 degrees, and I'm standing in the water. You know, I've got my massage booked in for Tuesday. Had it booked in, like, a month before the event because I knew that it would be too sore on a Monday. But by Tuesday, I'd be good to go. You know, we, you have other things like um, – recovery boots that you can use now as well um and you know you put them on there's a few brands of those and it's kind of like getting a massage um you know i go and do i run a run recovery class i call it and it's where we literally you stretch using foam rollers and spiky balls and bands for an hour like it just with discipline um and yeah it's like you, you eat pretty quickly after a, an important training session, so you try and get something in really quickly. So I always have the stuff in the car prepared, and all I've got to do is add water, bang, shake it away, and I've got it within minutes of finishing like a really long training run. I've got something in, and then I'll go into the bars and recover. Um, you know, compression tights, um, I'll put them on under my pants. I'll drive in them. You know, sometimes I'll sleep in them. Um and, yeah, it's just, it's just stuff that we're doing that we live and breathe that we know works, um, but we know that most people, I guess, because a lot of people don't aren't, yeah, – I'm not sure if it's because they, they're afraid or they don't want to take – they don't want to, you know, really commit to being as good as they are, but a lot of people take those shortcuts on those things. Maybe it's and they um, kind of just that this is your life, you know, this is the stuff that you live for and there's other people out there that are, are doing other stuff, you know. It could be yeah. in around finance or food or or holidays yeah, or whatever it is that they are. But, you know, your one passion, your one drive is uh, is to be the best runner that you can be. I can, but I do see, like, even, you know, like people that have got really high, um, difficult jobs, you know, in the corporate world, like, and they will still come to me and say, look, my life goal is to run the three-hour marathon or whatever. Yeah. And I'll do the training, but they just, even though you've got that other job and that's the most important thing of your life and your family and everything else, there are some really simple things that they can do so that they would recover quicker. It takes no extra time. Like, yeah. you literally do it as you've part of your life. Yeah, you're still living your life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's that across to, but there are things that you can do that, that you're not doing that, you can, that will help you really quickly. Oh, this has been fascinating, Vlad. Thank you so much, mate. Hey, uh, as people are listening to this, you're probably thinking, oh, man, this is this sounds really good. Um, I'm going to check it out. So if you do want to check it out, go to runlab.com.au. Vlad's involved yep. in, um, in, in the promotion and the work behind a lot of the events that are in Sydney. Um, and yesterday there was a, a run across the bridge. There was a half marathon, a full marathon, and then a family fun run. And uh, so Vlad's involved in all of that. So he's a really busy guy. If you want to find out more about him, go to runlab.com.au and you can find out heaps there. Vlad, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And um, hopefully there's some information there that people are really going to enjoy. Yeah, there's some great stuff. Thanks so much. See you, mate. Thanks, buddy.
No worries. See you later. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au. And to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on the wellness guy show this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.